Okay, Patrick, another week, another podcast, you know? I know. How are we doing? We are great. We are great. Um, so, Are you back in Virginia? I'm back in Virginia. I was just telling you I traveled over the weekend. And, uh, you know, I went to a, a, a baby shower out in Detroit. And I don't know. You know, I was just saying to you, everything seems like back to normal. As far as, you know, you have to wear masks. But I'm just saying, like, people seem back. Like, the flight was full, you know? Oh, yeah. People have been traveling, I yeah. think. Um yeah, I was in North Carolina for a week, and um, there's no COVID down there, so we're good. <laughs> it skipped that state. Yeah, you don't have to worry. No, I mean, listen, some people wore masks, some people didn't. Uh, it was interesting, though, because we're in Brunswick County. Okay. We went up to Hanover County, which is Wilmington, and Hanover County, you have to wear masks when you walk in, uh, or, you know, moving around, going to the bathroom. Some complied, some some didn't. Uh so, you know, it was, it, it, it's, you know, I, I find it laughable, though, like, you cross over from one county to the next, as if COVID either is bad or worse in one, or, or better in one county or the other, and they have these different rules. It's kind of, kind of ridiculous. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I think people are fake complying. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I think could see that. Like they don't. They're putting it on, but then it just comes off right away as soon as they get inside, or they sit down, or they grab yes. a drink, and yeah. I agree with that one hundred percent. Kids are back to school. Yeah, I was going to say, where do you want to start? Because you know, we obviously talk about COVID and masks a lot, so maybe we shift gears because we have a lot. You know, the the weather yeah. in New Orleans, um, obviously yeah. Afghanistan. We're supposedly out of Afghanistan. Yeah. Uh, sort of. You know, obviously, sort, the, of. sort of, I guess. So where do you want to start? I don't know. What do you, where do you want? Well, I mean, uh, what are your thoughts on Afghanistan? Because there's still a lot of d- discussion. Can President Biden survive this? Also, there was that press conference last week where he appeared to kind of drop his head. You know, there's a lot of continued talk about his age and mental capacity, yeah. which I don't know if that's uh, fair yeah, or I unfair. Mean, yes, he can survive this. I think at the end or in the end, I should say. I mean, listen, he's not up for re-election for three years, three plus years. He, um, this was a bad three, four weeks for him. He, he looked, he lacked leadership. He, um, I think they lied to the American people uh, numerous times, how they had contingency plans for everything, how they expected this, how this would have happened no matter what. I think those are three lies right there. It's interesting that Trump got called out for every single lie that the you know New York Times and the Washington Post kept like oh how many times did he lie to the people? But I haven't really seen that about Biden or or his spokesperson. But um, it's early. Well, I want to ask you about that because you've said on this podcast, you know, so far the the press had not seemed to really been tough on Biden. They, but, they got tough on him on this one. I mean, even the, yeah. the more what I consider the more left leaning publications, networks, and so forth. Um, I think certainly individuals at those networks and publications were hard on him. I I don't, it's very hard to spin this as somehow was handled correctly. You know, 13 Americans dead, military, you know, service people dead. Uh, We left billions of dollars worth of equipment. We still have people there. It was haphazard. 
the Taliban came across as if they were dictating to us terms. Um, it was it was just handled very poorly. And you know, I know this is like we left military dogs there. Like, I know mm. that sounds like to some people trivial, but no, they're, they're, you know, I, I didn't even read thing, that. Where did you yeah, really? Oh my god, I didn't see they, that. They couldn't get him out. So some independent. Groups are trying to get them out because, you know, obviously the Taliban think dogs are, you know, they kill them and eat them and all kinds of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I mean, just like, I mean, if you if you made a checklist of how not to handle a withdrawal, he checked every box like that, like in in not a good way. And his 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 press conferences have been terrible. Uh, So, listen, I. But to answer your original question, yes, I think he I think in the end, Afghan will play very, very, very little role in assuming he even runs again and and, uh, if he's reelected or or whatever. Really? Okay. All right. Well, that's I'll be curious to see. I feel like people I don't know. This was a pretty blunder. Okay, I'll say this. Unless it becomes a haven for terrorist activity, Al Qaeda comes back. Somehow that, you know, leads to some terrorist attack on American soil. You know, obviously we're coming on the 20th anniversary of 9-11. I mean, if something like that was to occur and its origins go back to Afghanistan and us pulling out, well, then I think, I mean, God forbid if that was to happen, we certainly don't want that. But if that was to happen, then I think there could be some trouble, serious trouble for him. But Listen, approval, his approval rating is is in the 40s. Uh, you know, listen, I, I think the I'm not Trump is over, mm. you know, and I think the true Joe Biden's coming out. Nice, decent guy. But, like, I mean, he's Joe Biden. I mean... <laughs> I mean, you just you don't he, think the leadership is there. You think he, no, he it's checks- never been there for him. Listen, he's he's he was an average senator. He, he's been wrong on foreign policy for a long time. He's been wrong on a lot of issues in the Senate. He was never considered, you know, you know, a true legislative policy um you know, innovation, innovator in the Senate. I mean, he was a, a serviceable VP. I mean, let's not forget, he lost, he got crushed in the first two primaries. And I know this is revisionist history. If South Carolina had not been the third primary, he he's not president. Mm. So listen, he won. He won because he wasn't Trump. He won because he was a decent human being, which is what we needed. He he won because he was going to be quiet on Twitter and all that stuff. Uh, but let's not kid ourselves. I mean, you know, yeah, he, he's Joe Biden. He's a nice guy, but he's, you know, my concern is he's not the leader that we need in, in this time. And we'll see. We'll see where that goes. All right. And by the way, his vice president is. Well, she's lost. gotten a lot of heat, too, the past I couple mean, she, of weeks. I mean, it's like they, it's like, it, doesn't it feel like they're completely burying her somewhere? Like, like they're keeping her, like. Yeah, I guess you could, you could I mean, say where, it where that is way. she? And I guess, I guess she's vice president, but clearly 
it seemed like you saw Pence, certainly saw Biden, certainly saw Cheney more in the first six months than you've seen her. And uh, what's your theory for that? Just I don't know. I, you know, I don't know. Hmm. I never thought she was strong. You know, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, think about if you had Tammy Duckworth, which is the was my choice. Military vet, lost her legs in, in action. Having her at your side for Afghanistan would have been a much better scenario than Kamala, right? So I, I don't know. I just we'll we'll see where that goes too. I just I don't see her getting any traction as as a VP. Yeah, right that's that. I mean. It is. It has been a really rough three weeks for them, you know, and they haven't handled it well. They haven't handled the press well. And to your point, even, you know, Martha Raddatz show on MSNBC. I mean, she was grilling. I don't know if it was Secretary of Defense or. Um, oh, Blink, Blinken, Blinken looks terrible. I, I mean, yeah, he's been getting just I mean, he's horrible in the trying, yeah. you know, endlessly trying to defend this, not admitting to any. And Kirby, Kirby, who used to be, I believe it was CNN spokesperson or MSNBC spokesperson, John Kirby. He's the, I believe he's the uh, Pentagon spokesperson now. Uh, it, the whole thing has just been just completely mishandled. The messaging's been bad. The, 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 there was no strategy or lack of strategy. The intelligence was bad. The fact that they thought, you know, the government wouldn't collapse as quickly as it did. And no one's taken accountability. That's what bothers me. No one's taken accountability. Um. Okay, you know, I mean, we, just think about if this was Trump, right? Just for one second, think about if this occurred with Trump. Well, a lot of right? people have been posing that question, saying this seems like a Trump operation, quite honestly. Like, you know, what you've like. Honestly, I don't think Trump, I mean, say what you want about Trump, but I don't think the Taliban would have been dictating to us. <laughs> I think we would have, you know, I saw a report in the Washington Post yesterday. I mean, again, Washington Post saying that they had a chance during their negotiations with the Taliban last week to take control of not only the airport, but outside the airport. And the Biden administration said no. So what was their rationale for that? Why? uh, I I don't know that. Um, It didn't go into that kind of detail. But uh, again, you know, those are the, you know, they're not little things. If we had control of outside the airport, people could have gotten there. There probably wouldn't have been a terrorist attack, certainly not up against the airport gates. Uh, so, you know, elections matter, decisions matter, leadership matters. These are not, these are, this isn't a joke. And we'll see how he, he, he goes from here, but um, not a great four or five months right now in my opinion. Yeah, so far. All right, let's talk California because eyes are on California. You got two weeks until the recall election. election. Newsom um, spending, uh, outspending Republicans there um, to keep his, you know, to keep the governor seat. So what do you think will happen? You think, um, you know, and the the big concern is kind of Democrats sort of like forgetting that there's a recall election and not showing up for him. What do you think? I think he survives barely. Okay. Um, because I think there's going to be a lot of split vote, but um, I don't think it'll be, you know, this, you know, endorsement of. Uh, you think of it'll him. be very think, close, huh? Yeah, I think he'll. I think somehow he'll he'll 
sneak through. But um, well, he's a, reportedly getting a lot of you know uh, Hollywood support. Um, a lot yeah, of, of course, yes. You know, <laughs> he's still a lot of um, yeah. you know, a lot of money, I guess, behind him. I mean, they talk about the red states, and listen, I I said it last week, and I'll say or two weeks ago, and I'll say it again. You know, the red state governors like DeSantis and, and Scott and others who are fighting against schools putting mask mandates in um, or trying to hold them accountable for that or passing legislation that prohibits that, that's wrong. Now, we could debate, and again, I don't think we want to do it again for the fifth week in a row, mask mandates in schools yeah, and, we'll and skip it. kids and so forth, because I have my opinions on that, and I don't think they're necessarily needed. Um, but you shouldn't be going out of your way to prohibit that and holding schools or penalizing schools or trying to find teachers and all that crazy stuff. But California, you know, has been one of the most, has had probably the most stringent COVID protocols from, from the beginning. And they're right there with the other states in terms of like LA County is a mess, a mess. So, what is it? That's that's a very blue county, very blue state. They've had tough, you know, I, I think our calculus is off, right, in terms of, and I said this before, you know, the cases, who's getting them. So there was a report this week or last week. Oh, this say, is fascinating. Yeah. Out of Israel, who, by the way, the CDC used an Israeli study part of an you know, used an Israeli study and some other data to basically say that uh, people who are vaccinated can transmit the Delta variant at the same levels as unvaccinated. And that's why the mass mandates came back for regardless of vaccination status. So now there's an Israeli study at a Maccabi, I believe, hospital that says natural immunity, people who've had COVID, have 20, I think it's 13 yeah. to 27 times the antibodies and immunity than people who've gotten two doses. 27 of, times. Right. So it hasn't been peer reviewed yet, but neither had the other one when the CDC kind of used it to as, as, a, as an impetus to get mass mandates back in. If that's the case, now you have to relook at passports and mandating vaccinations. So I think it's if that if that study's true, I think it gets harder for you to say an event or a restaurant to say, hey, you have to be vaccinated to come in when, you know, three months ago you had COVID and your antibodies and your protections are greater than people have gotten vaccinated. So I think that's going to bring in a very kind of controversial, um, you know, I don't think that, you know, I think works work can do that. The question is, how do you prove you just had COVID? How do you prove what your antibodies are? I think it gets very dicey, but I also think now if that's true, it gets very dicey to, to demand that you have everyone vaccinated to go in a restaurant or an event and so forth. So, Really? 
See, to me, I read that as, okay, yeah, you have antibody protection for, you know, they don't really know how long, right? For, well, they for, say, they actually say longer in the study. But still, I mean, it's one of those things where are you going to risk not getting a vaccine? And, you know, this is like death. You know, people are dying. It, no, you know, so you, it's like you. Sarah, sorry. See, this is good. This goes back to my point through all this. Follow the science means follow the science, right? My problem with, in some cases, the, the, the more liberal left, they only want to follow the science when it fits their narrative. If you're following the science and the CDC is following the science on mass mandates and other things, then you have to follow the science on this. And if I had COVID three weeks ago, or I mean, three months ago, I am more protected than you who had two vaccinations. Obviously, I've been vaccinated as well. I don't, I'm, I'm just saying in general. So I don't need to get vaccinated right now. Maybe three months from now or six months from now. Okay, but to but, your point, do you trust people? You know, because a lot of people say, "Oh, I no, had no, COVID." But again, that—that's the whole question, right? How do you prove who's been back? You know, who's had COVID? And now you're getting into HIPAA violations and all this other stuff. Yeah, so right. get the. I'm next. not saying it's easy, but what I'm saying is, there is data now that shows or or, or clearly demonstrates that someone who has natural immunity is. At, at very little risk, less risk than someone who's had two vaccinations. So, you know, that's where it's going to be interesting to see how this kind of moves moves down. Um, you know, I mean, could you get over immunity? Like, again, I don't know. I'm not a, you know, epidemiologist by any means. But, you know, if, if you had COVID two months ago and you're mandated to get a vaccination now, I believe you have to wait three months after COVID. Can you have too much immunity? Like, can can that hurt? Like, I don't like, I don't know. I'm sure they're probably studying that. Right. Yeah, that's that's a good question. Or does it? So, you know, does it really not? Like, you get the vaccine and you're still you still have a higher, you know, um, yeah. I mean, immunity listen, I think to it's it, also but... how how we're handling the kids and schools and quarantines. I think it's a little little ridiculous. Um, Oh, I don't know. Okay. The whole thing's crazy. Um, why don't we talk to this was I thought this was a great story that you sent me because it's it's actually shocking to believe that they're losing money. But the gambling app in the yeah. district, I mean, the Washington Post did a very detailed story. In yeah. fact, they broke it down and it I believe in the article at the end, it essentially says that District of Columbia, after they've paid for advertising, marketing, split with inter is there, interlock or in, interlock. Intralot. Intralot. Yeah. Um has only made about $250,000 despite record years of online so gambling. Not, and not to say I told you so, but <laughs> go to the videotape or the audio oh, tape. Play the audio. When, the, when DC announced their strategy on how they were going to roll out online gaming, it was a joke. We talked about it, I guess it was a year ago, probably. Yeah, yeah. I think it was, they, definitely. They, maybe longer. They picked, the, they picked a company called Intralot to handle it, proprietary, singular, underneath the lottery. There was political connections to this company, mm, DC council connections, mayor connections. Um, I said it at the time that uh, it was going to be an enormous mistake. Because the lack of competition, number one, anytime DC does something like this, it turns out to be 
a disaster, whatever it is, right? They just, it is what it is in DC, right? Nothing seems to go correctly. Second, no competition. So you had Virginia, who then shortly after DC rolled out gaming. And look at the difference. I mean, between FanDuel and Windex and MGM and Caesars and PointBets and uh, DraftKings and on and on and on. The competition creates innovation. Competition creates demand. Competition creates uh, advertising. Competition creates... Virginia is making a fortune on gaming. DC is making nothing. I mean, Patrick. By these the way, the name's terrible. Gambit is terrible. It's a bad name. It was poorly rolled out. They're not advertising the way they should. And listen, gamblers want. They say the app doesn't work the way it should. Correct. It's clunky. I mean, FanDuel, DraftKings, WinBets, BetMGM, Bet365, PointsBets, WinBets, Caesars, on and on. Let me say, they know how to do this, right? Why would you go to only one? Why would you say one vendor is going to control this? Well, don't you feel like, I don't know, there has to be some sort of kickback might be the wrong word, but to your point of friendship connections, there there has to be somebody obviously. I, I think that may be part of it. I also just think that they don't do anything well. The council doesn't. <laughs> These know. numbers are crazy. It says July was the worst month for the app. It processed fewer than 61,000 wages. You're talking NBA games, um, you know, baseball games with a total of just over $2 million gambled. That's it. And continued yeah. a downward trajectory. Um, that just seems nuts. I mean, those numbers are yeah. so low for like record yeah. online gambling. Yeah, Doesn't so, it? and it's even worse than that because obviously July, there's only really baseball, there's the all star game, so there's not much. So it could be a little misleading, but they've had a football season, or at least part of a football season. Yeah. So Virginia, Virginia has not yet. Obviously, wait till you see what's bet on Virginia, in Virginia on football. I mean, it hasn't helped that people haven't been traveling to the district to work. Yep. Uh, but just, you know. Uh, unbelievable. So um, the district, so why was the district's annual revenue to that point just $230,000? That was earlier this year. Like yeah. that was all they grew. I mean, that's so low. Yeah, and I think they, I think they projected, what, $11 million or something? Oh, I, uh, yeah, at least. I think it was it was yeah. so high. Anyway, that. And I'm sure that's in their budget. So again, it's just, just completely bungled, mismanaged, no, no, no forethought taking care of people. Uh, but listen, it's D.C. Wow. It's DC. You think, you you think got, you got, I mean, that's the crime rates through the roof. D.C. is a, a mess right now. <laughs> like, it is, again, lack of leadership. Yeah. The, the council makes bad decisions. The mayor's been all over the place on, on different things. The priorities are not in the right place. Uh, now, do you think people in the district residents pay attention to this stuff? I mean, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I know. It's like, I don't know. I'm not no, sure if people they keep, elect, they keep electing people who really don't move the city forward. So I don't know. Mm. I mean, uh, listen, I've given the mayor credit on some things from a business standpoint. 
but I think she's been way too conservative trying to get people back to work, back into the city. I think she should be bold. She's not being bold. Um, you know, I just, mm. and, and honestly, you have kids, there's two or three kidnappings the other day. There's been carjackings, uh, you know, yeah, the carjacking, the, the crime DC's is in. scary right now. Like, if you lose confidence in, I'm talking about in areas there's been shootings by Nats Park. If you lose confidence in the city's ability to keep you safe, just that when you're out and about in supposedly safe neighborhoods, the city is dead. Dead. And I don't mean that. It's you won't people will not travel there to do dinners they will not travel there to do events it just won't happen no we've it we've won't. seen that you know we've seen the district go through uh, at least i have it over the 15 years i mean when i first moved here it was like no one would go to adams morgan you know it was very and it almost seems like we're which i understand you know sometimes trends are cyclical and all that but it seems like we're going back there where people are very hesitant now to go out late night in the district and it's sad to see because we haven't seen that for a long time you have to hold these people accountable you have to prosecute them you have to hold them accountable you have to arrest them you have to make examples out of them i don't care what age they are if you know i mean even if they're 13 14 15 year olds they need to be tried as adults like enough yeah this like enough of this now uh, you know, it's 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 crazy. I want to talk New Orleans weather. Um, and Al Roker was trending all weekend. Sixty-seven years old. A lot of people saying too old to be at a covering a hurricane. Of course, he was like, you know, I'll beat you all up. So, yeah, and I think he was faking it, right, a little bit. Uh, he, Wasn't he? What do you mean? Well, like, like joking. Yeah. It, no, like it looked like he was trying to make it look worse than it was, right? Isn't oh, that did you whole... feel like that? Yeah, some people. Yeah, so, same as Weather Channel. It's ridiculous. The, the the two Weather Channel guys, Cantori has a baseball helmet on with the other guy. They're standing in the middle of, you know, Bourbon Street or wherever they were, Canal. They're like bracing themselves, like looking at each other. And then there's just like two guys walking by behind strolling. Why are we faking how bad weather is? It's a serious issue. People it's are entertainment. Lose their home. Oh, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's embarrassing. Enough. They're like holding on to stuff. They're shooting in front of a dumpster. You got Al Roker like in the middle of water. Like, all right, like stop. It's a joke. Well, it's it's not news. It's entertainment. I guess. You know. That's the, that's where we're at now, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, why else would they be dramatizing it? You know, now it's fun. They want people to tune in, follow along, um, you know, and if it's not over-dramatized, is it really that exciting? Not really. Not. Not ex- it's know. it's not for national viewers. It's for the, like, for the people watching. Um, how do you feel, though? Like, do you think uh, with, you know, more storms that we're seeing in hurricanes, any further discussion about climate change around this stuff? Uh, Again, two schools of thought. Climate change is real. Okay, it is. It's real. Yeah, I agree with but that. But I don't. I, I, every storm now is not climate change. Every fire in California is not climate change. Everything's climate change now, right? The minute something happens, oh, it's climate change. Well, okay, maybe, maybe not. But it's. I think it's very. Again, follow the science, but they're not supporting it with science. They just say, oh, climate change caused this. Climate, like. You know what? We've had hurricanes for a long time. We've had storms. Da, 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 da. What causes the fires? What? What? Like, I, I love the follow the science 
it's very it, wait it's a minute but don't the, you think greenhouse gases the study of greenhouse gases on the environment and the ozone and the i mean that is backed by science that's like no 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 i, I said climate change is an issue global warming is an issue there's science that supports that do i think it's as dire as everyone's saying i'm not sure do i think every storm is a result of that no and i think you got these politicians who come right out and say oh yeah follow the science right well you know whether it's on re with storm surge or this or that storms are different well, okay but i don't know. It, it just seems it's a very regardless of what we're talking about now covid it's very follow the science follow the science yeah until it doesn't fit your narrative and then we don't want to follow the science, right? So you're saying, like, I guess that's a that's a, interesting. Like, you're kind of saying, like, is there a way almost, how do you track which storms might be just storms? And then... Listen, I think like, it's over years. I think it's like, it takes real scientists to look at it and, 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 and analyze, is this as a result of climate change or something else? Or humans or uh, like the fires in, in California? It, it's... Well, if you listen to they politicians, say that now, the, yeah, the minute it. something happens, weather related or envi- environmental, well, it's global warming or climate change, right? That's the only rationale right now or reason for it. Uh, but, but I'm certainly not a denier. Yeah, the, the global warming's real. I think everyone can do a little bit. I'm not sure it's as dire or, you know, the, the question is how far do you want to take it from a regulatory standpoint, business standpoint? hurting the economy. So that's a debate. And I think that's where people are. You know, cl- global warming deniers are ridiculous. But also on the other side, you know, everything is related to, to global warming or climate change. I also think it's a little ridiculous. Okay. Um, well, I, you know, no, I, I, I hear that. Of course, you know, I'm, I'm always curious too, since Al Gore, right? So I don't even yeah. know how many years ago that was, 15 years ago. You know, he was sort of like, we have 10 years to make a, a change. Now you hear 10 years, we have 10 years. If we don't turn it around in 10 years, it's going to be oh. massive destruction, you know, big water levels rising. Yeah. Um, but it is, okay. it's kind of overwhelming. <laughs> okay. yeah, and of course, of course, you know what I so think in is 30 years, the planet blows up. OK, like, you don't care. You're, 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 no, I don't like like it's going to happen. But you're not going to. Like, yeah, everyone can do a little bit here and there, but you're not. You shouldn't be destroying like whether it's, you know, the economy needs to move forward. Like, there, there's these balances here and no one wants to talk balance. Right. Well, it's like you know, COVID. it's giving no up your car. Talk, no, no one wants to talk the balance of COVID versus like the risk. At some point, we got to get through a, to a risk assessment. No one wants to risk anymore. Like I had someone text me the other day. Oh, 4.8 million kids have COVID. Okay, how many? How many <laughs> died? How many went in the hospital? How many are like like point zero 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 two four? Like more kids have died from other things in the last year and a half than COVID. Like, and by the way, there's also are we going to continuously keep them in mass, keep them at home? Don't let them do like, stop. These kids are out They're playing. They're like, they're, they're, they're on sports teams. Like it, people have lost their minds on how to assess things, assess risk, manage and, and as true leaders. It's just, it's, it's very irritating to me. Okay. Um, what other things do you want to, I, you know, is there I've been much in sports? I, you know, you're, you're more of the sport oh, person. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't, I mean, the, 
this past weekend, golf was amazing. Amazing. Okay, in so, what way? What what was the tournament? And um So it was the BMW Championship. It was the prelude to the final of the FedEx Cup, which is this week in Atlanta at East Lake Country Club. So without getting into the weeds, uh, you know, the FedEx Cup is point totals based on how you play through the entire year. And the, the FedEx Cup is four tournaments. It starts with, I think, 100 golfers goes to, or 125, goes down to 70, goes or 75, goes down to 30 for the last tournament. So you had to be in the top 30 of your points to get into this weekend. And then it gets ranked because it's a point thing the whole way. So it's unfair now to just say this tournament, whoever wins is the FedEx Cup champ. So whoever is ranked one starts at minus 10. Rank who's ever second starts at minus eight, third, minus seven, and so forth, down to even. So it's Bryson DeChambeau, who, you know, controversial figure, crushes the ball. Some people like him, some people don't. He's got a battle with Brooks Kepka. It was him and Patrick Cantley, who's won twice on the tour, uh, really won, won once. Well, I should say that. That's not fair. He won twice, but he was down six strokes when John Rahm had to get disqualified because he tested positive for COVID after the third round. So Cantley beat Marikawa in a, in, a, in a playoff. Having said all that, they went to six playoff holes. I mean, the drama was unbelievable. You know, DeChambeau hit the ball 335 yards, Cantley in the water, Cantley chipping almost in, making 17 to 21-foot putts, DeChambeau missing putts on the 18, missing a putt on the 17 to win it. On It was um, – I just – I couldn't – it was riveting. And uh, anyway, <laughs> Cantley ended up winning, beating DeChambeau. So he starts in position one. DeChambeau starts in position three. Uh, and it's going to be a great weekend. Okay. So, uh, yeah, sorry. NFL, I know that was a long-winded thing a, on the golf. No, and NFL starts right. Big, big games yeah, coming next up Thursday, is, September 9th. Big games. Um, who is yeah. a bucket? Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay and Dallas. And Dallas will kick it. Oh, by the way, have you been watching this season of Hard Knocks? I have not. Okay, okay, not. So, are, are you into Hard Knocks or not really? Nah, not really. Why? Why don't you like it? You just you think it's too. No, I think I watched. I, I, I think I watched the original season and. I've been in and out of it. It's the same deal every year. So you know, the con- it's kind big of controversy that. with ESPN, though, right now is, I don't know if you saw this, and I don't have all the facts, but um, there was a high school team, which really wasn't a high school team. It's Bishop Sycamore, I believe, or Sycamore Bishop, out of, I believe, Ohio, but I'm not sure about that, that they basically are like, they're not a high school team. They have kids old enough to drink on the team their coach is a warrant out for his arrest they they completely faked their scores and results they portrayed themselves as a high school team okay so so they could get on an espn week you know the espn does the big high school game of the week and they actually got on espn so was this like all an inside joke by them like they, they... not even like just like a like a yeah well joke or uh they just scam, set out to do whatever this Whatever you scam. want to call it. Okay. And so ESPN had come out of state apologizing. And, oh, yeah, it's a huge. It broke yesterday. Like, ESPN came out with a statement yesterday saying they apologized. They should have looked into it more. And, yeah. The amount, so, the lack of vetting is unbelievable. Yeah, Although, 
you know, probably to ESPN's point, no one's ever scammed them. You know, they've gone years yeah. and never had an issue. And uh, then that. Well, that's not good. Damn. Though. Yeah. So anyways, um, okay. Well, the last thing, though, is TV News Check did a big story on um, on our new build out. Correct. Yeah, and our new great. studio. Did you read yeah. it? Yes, I did. I read it. And I, actually, you were I, I, I read that you were quite coy on on how much everything cost. And I, I was kind of wondering <laughs> if you'd reveal it on your own show. Tens of millions is what I said, <laughs> and I will keep that. Oh, oh you don't want to give any figures for your uh, podcast? Tens of millions. <laughs> no, listen. Oh, I'm sure I, it was like a huge investment. I mean, just looking at all the photos, fo- I mean, I, enormous. You no, know, it was. It. Uh, what I'll say is that, and there was a few of the articles that said this, for our company to to invest what they did in local television is good to see. It's great to see. Right? Yeah, that is true. You know, yeah, that is awesome. You know, th- this is a this is a medium that you know people. Oh, it's old. Now listen. You know, yes, the linear portion is very old. We've moved into digital. We've moved into OTT. We do a lot of shows, a lot of new programming. But in the end, it's still viewed as an old medium. But it's still very important. It's vital to the community. And it, it's great to see a company that is willing to invest. Um, well, you have some great journalists. I think, you know, obviously the media has gotten a really bad rap. But, I mean, you have some really incredible journalists like Tom Fitzgerald and Bob Barnard and Melanie Olnick, who, you know, they've really dedicated yeah, their mean, lives to telling I mean, the truth and good Stephanie stories. Stephanie Ramirez, Lindsay Watts. Yes. I mean, we, we have a lot of, you know, and again, that's just a few to, to name. We have a lot of very good journalists. Yeah, um, and they truly as as do the other stations. Yeah, in, in the market, you know, listen, it's local television is, and I said this during COVID, is extremely important to the community. Okay, it's mm-hmm. why I'm so angry at Nielsen ratings because I don't think they accurately portray who's really watching local news. They just don't. Their system is antiquated. It's inept. My it's God, you old. would think with the digital, you would think with like how yeah, computers it, can track yeah. us that they could don't, don't even get me started. Don't even get me started. <laughs> but what I'm saying is the way network, um, sorry, the way cable news mm-hmm. has become, right? It's the arguing, the breaking news, the, 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 for the most part, picking an aisle, right? Um, local news is critical. Local news is, yeah. and even more so local news when I say television, because a lot of these local newspapers, now not necessarily in DC, because you have the Washington Post, you have some other, you know, but the regional papers, you might, you know, the, the gazettes of the world are gone. They're out of business. Yeah. These small newspapers in, you know, maybe Annapolis or yeah. whatever are in trouble. So it's even more important for local television to really, really tell the community's story and no. to hold people to account. And 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 follow the good, the bad, the ugly of the region. And listen, it's a big region, right? We go from literally West Virginia to the middle of the state in Virginia, or you know, that, yeah, you know, Maryland, north of East. Richmond, yeah, all the way out to the western shore of Maryland, and all the way up to to Frederick and Pennsylvania and Hagerstown, and out that way. So it, it's a massive region, and um, it's it's very important. It's very important. So anyway, long-winded to, yes, the commitment's there. And I think the building and the resources in the building will allow us to 
do more of that. So no, it was. I thought it was a great article, and I I always enjoy giving you a hard time. And then I, I think they labeled good. your show as pop culture, and I thought, really? I mean, you know, I think we're politically, you know, fact based. Sarah, Sarah, I, I think after 165 shows, we are on the cusp. <laughs> We are on the cusp of greatness. <laughs> we are. We are. I agree. Look, no, for real. We're going to break out at some point. When they go back and they say, hey, how come oh, you're making more money than please. Joe Rogan? Sarah, we're going to be like. Okay, you you enjoy, you like this this format. And I think you like where our ratings are at. Yeah, you know, I if do. Yeah. yeah. You don't I want like to spend 30, your day. I like the 37 people we listen to. <laughs> exactly. If we blow up, you're going to spend your day on Twitter arguing with real, people. Real you don't quick, want to do before it. Before we jump, you know. I'm sure a lot of people have a lot of opinions on Joe Rogan, right? He's all over the place. On oh, yes. Should... Bit. But but there is something about him. So okay. I drove down to North Carolina and I listened to one of his podcasts. I mean, I've listened to a lot, but I listened to one, and you know, the, the most recent one. And he just has a way in his conversation with his guest. And it's just him and a guest and Jamie, who's his, you know. Producer. Um, producer. Yeah. To capture you. Even if it's not tremendously interesting, three hours and 45 minutes yesterday was the length of his podcast with, you know, one with 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 one person. Um, she was um, Eleanor Kerrigan, who's a comedian. And then I listened to the one which was very fascinating, by the way, uh, a woman by the name of Megan Murphy, who is a feminist leftist who's kind of moved back to the middle because she got attacked by feminists because she completely disagrees that someone can just self-identify male, female, whatever. And there's no questions asked. It's just automatic and society has to accept it. So she came out publicly and said, it's utterly absurd that someone could just say I'm a male or a female and everyone has to accept it. And if you even question it, you're crushed. Oh, you're, I gotta listen to that. Okay. Yeah, Megan Murphy. She she's very good. She got banned from Twitter because she tweeted, "He's not a woman." Okay. So yeah, take take. Okay, take I a gotta listener. listen. I agree with you though. He is um he is a great interviewer. You know he is there yes. is something um it's it's like yeah. the it factor that like an Oprah has or a Howard Stern yes. or whatever. Yeah, it's, and again, it, I'm not comparing to Oprah Winfrey. I'm just saying. Yeah, but he and does he, he have just, that. And, and he just lets the conversation flow. He gets great information out of his guests. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. And, you know, he's one of the few huge mainstream outlets that will, he will have people on that question everything, he gender, he, science. He knows he's not. And what's what's great about the podcast, all kidding aside about the podcast, the brand is Joe Rogan. Whether he's on Spotify or he's on some other platform, sure. he's he can't be canceled. Yeah, he exactly. He can't be canceled. And, and that's no, cool. That's cool. I think that's great. Just because he can't be canceled, you don't want some wacko out there. But he's not. He he listens. He I don't agree with everything he says or vice, you know. Sure. But you know, anyway, I just I find it very interesting to to listen to some of his and all I've guests on that completely disagree with him, which is great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, he's he's groundbreaking. And I think that's what makes him very popular is that he is willing to listen to the other side or, 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 you know, be convinced of things or, um, anyway. So. All just, right. Just support. Great point. Where do people find you? hundred million dollars, Sarah. hundred. Uh, hey, we're ready. 
We can do that. Fox 5. Or maybe we should go call her daddy route, you know, and we should just do, you know, like like the baby boomer sex story in the millennial. You know, we'll just go all in. Okay, see ya. (laughs) She still has a key card and they never change the locks.